sound of his praise be heard. He has preserved our lives and kept our feet from slipping. Let us open our hymn books to number 46 and stand as you are able to sing This is My Father's World, number 46. temperatures 
you know, we have scheduled uh, on the 17th of February, which is the beginning of Wednesday, we have a service in the evening in Faith Hall at 7 o'clock. Uh, and if you'd like to come, please call the church or email us. The, the information is there in the back of the bulletin. Uh, I looked at the forecast for that this morning, and it says snow, actually, today. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, other things, it looks like in our congregation now we have more of our folks able to get at least their first shot, some their second shot, and uh, if Walmart starts doing it and Walgreens starts giving them out, CVS and stuff like that, um, well maybe the thing will start picking up and we'll have more and more folks who have uh, received the vaccine and it will go a long way to Scout Troop 48 has a nice, not little, a nice large uh, display case that uh, uh, they have for sale. It's brand new. Uh, just to say, long story short, they got an extra one. And uh, if anybody is interested in it, you can go down the back hall here and you can see it. You can also see the other two they have that have Boy Scout items in it. But uh, if anyone is interested in that, it is a very pretty uh, piece of furniture. And uh, they're trying to, to, to get $500 or I'm sure whatever the best offer they get for it in that regard. So... Uh, just for your information, and again, uh, as I spoke last week, we have the schedule for the golf later this year, and it is there in the uh, bulletin. The state clerk of the General Assembly of our denomination, uh, Jeff Jeremiah, issued a uh, letter to the churches this week in which he talked about uh, the upcoming General Assembly at Second Presbyterian Church in June. And like all things that are happening now, it is going to be one of these hybrid type things where uh, they can have up to 400 in-person attend and everybody else has to be online. And um, so that's just, they're looking ahead and uh, they're seeing that even the third week of June, they don't see much change across the nation in regard, certainly people, more people will be vaccinated. But it's just kind of something that we're looking at. And even here at the church, you know, it's, it's very obvious as we get more people vaccinated, that should allow more people to attend in person. And um, hopefully that will begin to be picking up. Uh, we're going to be looking seriously at uh, maybe having a worship service on Easter Sunday, which is April 4th outside we've we've already investigated the cost of having a tent pavilion and things like that so that we could have a, uh, a larger crowd gather outside i think more people would be comfortable gathering outside but you know april 4th is it could be nice and 80 degrees or it could be cold and 50 degrees uh, so we're going to have to wait and see about that and also you know we have to get approval from the city of germantown for such a thing as that and um, i'm sure if we tell them we're really going to use it for a vaccination tent they'll say set it up but we'll see 
we'll see. So, just some of the things coming up uh, in the uh, the coming weeks and, and the coming uh, months. You know, Easter is in fact two months from today, as far as the calendar is concerned. So, it is really coming uh, quickly. This coming week, you will be receiving a, a newsletter. And in that newsletter, there will be a bookmark that has the readings through the New Testament for the season of Lent. And uh, for everybody, if, if you're a couple, you'll get two in there. So we know it's very difficult for people to share their reading list. So we're going to arrange that. But it is coming and it will start on Ash Wednesday and run through uh, April 3rd, the Saturday before Easter. And if you follow the schedule, and I'm encouraging everyone in our church to follow the reading schedule, you'll be able to read easily through the New Testament during the season of Lent. And I think that would be a great way of uh, just renewing some things and, and getting our minds uh, focused a little more on uh, the season of Lent and the coming of uh, Easter, certainly. So those things are what is what will be going on in the next couple of weeks here at uh, our church. Now, this morning, our first scripture lesson is found in the Old Testament book of Joshua. Uh, reading from the first chapter of Joshua, You'll find it in the, the Pew Bibles on page 151. Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. Now, uh, it's the introduction, and uh, you'll hear as we read, remember these words. It says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. <coughs> Excuse me. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, from the great river Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go." Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you 
wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your supplies ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. May God bless the reading and hearing of his word to us this morning from this, the book of Joshua. This morning, as we look to the Lord our God in prayers, uh, several things that I want to share with you. I'm asking uh, your prayers for my father, Charles Darden, who is in the hospital in LaGrange, Georgia, and will probably be facing some surgery early part of this coming week. Forty years ago, he had his gallbladder out the old fashioned way, you know, where they cut you in half, so to speak. <laughs> and uh, the result of that is, I think, scar tissue and the blocking of ducts now, 40 years later, bile ducts going into the pancreas. And they're going to have to do a little surgery on him. So uh, I just asked your prayers for him and my mother, who is who is on Monday having an MRI for on her spine because of some issues there. So uh, they're just both having some some health issues. Uh, we need to continue to pray for the vaccine rollout and the things that are going on. Uh, it's getting better and it can still get much better. And we're certainly hoping for that. We need to begin to pray in earnest for the church and the renewal and, and uh, revival of the church across the land. These are very difficult days for the church and the practice of faith. And, you know, we still have many of our members, our older members, some with uh, medical issues that have, for the most part now, been in their homes for 11 months and hardly have gotten out except maybe to go to the doctor and not even to the grocery store. We have folks who have not left their homes in that time period. And, you know, it just wears on them. It, it really does. And I just asked your prayers for them. Um, you, you know, I think of Mike and Nancy Patton, who have not been out of their apartment this whole time. Their daughters bring them everything and they they're just there. And um, it's it's been very, very hard uh, for Mike. He says he doesn't he says we're under house arrest is how he describes it. And uh, but they have both have underlying health issues. Wes and uh, McBride, his daughter Candace, similar in that regard. Uh, they rarely ever get out except to go to the doctor. And um, just others that are in our nursing and retirement facilities that are still in the same exact situation. So I ask you to be in prayer about that and continue to lift them up. Well, let us go to God now as we bow our heads and take to the Lord our concerns this day. Let us pray. Well, gracious God, as we come to you this morning, uh, we know, Lord, that there are many who have been so terribly burdened by the requirements and the needs to be sheltered at home or where their retirement apartment is, 
where their nursing facility is, and they have been unable to often see anyone uh, and their families, their friends. We pray, Lord, and we ask that uh, you continue to help our medical community and the health department with the vaccines so that places can begin to open up and people can again begin to be with one another in fellowship. We pray these things this day. We pray for those sick. I ask especially this day your, your healing hand upon my parents, Charles and Peggy. And we pray for others who are ill and sick. I ask that you continue to lay your healing hand upon Archie Fisher and ease his pain that has been overwhelming to him these last several weeks. Just lift him up to you and to others who are suffering this day because of various illnesses, we pray. We pray, mighty God, for your church, both here in our greater area, across the nation and around the world. The church has, in many places, come under great duress. And even here in the United States, church has been limited in what it can do and what it can't do. And the coming together in worship and fellowship, in training and discipleship, in education and mission and ministry work. We pray, O oh Lord, that as this time continues, that you prepare our hearts. We pray that everyone in our congregation will take part in the reading through the New Testament as we begin that uh, in the season of Lent coming up very soon. And just prepare our hearts and our minds as we begin to read through this New Testament and to hear the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, the works and the words of the apostles as they birthed the church and as it began to spread the good news in the world. Help us to be ready for that, mighty God. For we pray these things this day, we ask them all, both those publicly made and those privately made from each and every heart. We pray them in Jesus' name. And together now we say the prayer that Jesus has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen and amen. Now, for our next scripture reading, we turn in the New Testament to the book of Acts. In the fourth chapter, reading verses 5 through 13, uh, again here we have the apostles before the Jewish court, the Sanhedrin. And I'm picking it up sort of in the middle of the story here. 
At verse 5, the next day, the rulers, elders, and teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there, and so were Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and other men of the high priest family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them, By what power or what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a cripple and are asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it, was, it, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed he is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the capstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Again, may God bless the reading and hearing of his word. This from the book of Acts. Now, we are still in this series that we began at the beginning of the year of sermons uh, under the general title of Using the Strengths God Has Given Us. And today's particular one is We Are a People of Courage. Now, next week we will end this series, and it is uh, the last one is entitled We Are a People of Love. But for today, we are a people of courage. And that is what we're going to talk about. You know, the people of God, from the very beginning, when God called Abraham and Sarah to go to a new land, it took courage as well as faith to go someplace new, to begin completely over in that sense. And we see this all the way through. Here, we read this morning from the book of Joshua, Moses, the servant of God, is dead. And Joshua is the one who will take up the mantle of leadership. And God is the one who has appointed Joshua, not Moses, to lead the people into the promised land. This 40-year journey from Egypt following their 400 years of captivity and slavery, back to the land that was first promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They would go back, and it would be Joshua. And the word of God to Joshua, Joshua is, Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. And you will see that phrase reoccur in the book of Joshua multiple times. 
Be strong and courageous. And so Joshua was, as he led the people of God into the promised land. And the people took their strength and their courage from watching Joshua and believing in God. They were strong and courageous as they went in. It was no easy thing. You know, Christians are strong and and courageous. It's one of the hallmarks of the Christian church. Here, we just read from the book of Acts. John and Peter, the apostles, had been brought before the Jewish court, the Sanhedrin, to explain why and how they healed this man who was outside the gates of the temple, who had been crippled from life, and he was begging, and all they could say, we have no money, no silver, nor gold to give to you, but we'll give you what we have. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And behold... He rose up and walked. And as this caused the great stir in the temple, they were arrested. They were brought before this Sanhedrin and they had to give an account. And they were bold and they were courageous. They had the power of the Holy Spirit in them. And they addressed the elders and the leaders, the high priests, the Sadducees, all those who made up the council. And they said, this was done in the name of Jesus, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. And we are witnesses. And there is no other name under heaven from which salvation can come except by the name of Jesus. And they were bold. They were bold. Their courage allowed them to be bold. The power of God in them through the Holy Spirit allowed them to be bold. And over the course of history, there are multiple examples of that. Now, I want to share with you a story that goes back a long time ago, back to the 1820s, 1830s, in that time frame. There was a Methodist minister, a circuit-riding minister. Those of you from the Methodist tradition or have familiar with it, you know, the Methodists prided themselves on their ministers having a charge of several churches, a circuit of churches. I had some friends in college as they were preparing to be Methodist ministers. They were already given assignment to to preach and to work in small churches. And one of them had a circuit of three churches that he did every Sunday morning. And I knew then I needed to be a Presbyterian. But they went out. And so this particular minister... Peter Cartwright was up in Washington, D.C. He was up there preaching. And one Sunday morning, he went to preach there in the Methodist church, and he was told that President Andrew Jackson was going to be in the congregation that morning and that he was warned, you know, you might not want to say anything out of line. You should never tell a Christian minister that. 
Never, ever tell a Christian minister that. Andrew Jackson was not unlike Donald Trump of our time. Andrew Jackson was a force to be reckoned with. He was an outsider. He was not an insider. Uh, one time his cabinet sought to override him and he fired them all. He was that kind of guy. And so that morning, uh, sure enough, President Andrew Jackson was sitting there in the congregation. And uh, Peter Cartwright, he stood up to preach and he said, I understand and I see that Andrew Jackson is here. I have been requested to be guarded in my remarks. So Andrew Jackson will go to hell if he doesn't repent. The congregation, it said, was shocked and wondered how the president would respond. And after the service, President Jackson shook hands with Peter Cartwright and said to him, Sir, if I had a regiment of men like you, I could whip the world. Bold, courageous. The gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ calls us to do that, to be bold and courageous. In his book, which is probably, I think, in many ways, the best book that he wrote of the many books that he did, Charles Colson, in his book, Loving God, Loving God. Everybody remembers Charles Colson. He was a special counsel to President Richard Nixon, got caught in the Watergate, went to prison. From that experience, was born again and became the founder of Prison Fellowship Ministries, one of the great ministries uh, of the parachurch organizations, uh, both in the United States and to a degree around the world. He founded it and he began, he worked. But in this particular book, Loving God, which was a challenge to Christians and to the church, that it takes courage to be loving God, to be courageous, to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to those who do not know it. He tells the story of Telemachus. Telemachus, that's his name. He was a 4th century Christian in Rome. He lived in a remote village. He tended his garden, spending most of his time, it is said, in prayer. One day he thought, though, that he heard the voice of God telling him to go to Rome. So he obeyed, setting out on foot. Weary weeks later, he arrived in the city at the time of a great festival. The little monk followed the crowd surging down the streets into the Colosseum in Rome. He saw the gladiators stand before the emperor and say, We who are about to die salute you. Then Telemachus realized these men were going to fight to the death for the entertainment of the crowd. He cried out, In the name of Christ, stop! As the games begin, 
he pushed his way through the crowd, climbed over the wall, and dropped to the floor of the arena. When the crowd saw this tiny figure rushing to the gladiators and saying, in the name of Christ, stop, they thought it was part of the show and began laughing. When they realized it wasn't, the laughter turned to anger as he was pleading with the gladiators to stop one of them plunged a sword into his body he fell to the sand as he was dying his last words were in the name of Christ stop it says, then a strange thing happened at the Colosseum. The gladiators stood looking at the tiny figure lying there. A hush fell over the entire arena. Way up in the upper rows, a man stood and made his way to the exit. Others began to follow. In dead silence, everyone left the Colosseum. The year was 391 A.D. And that was the last battle to the death between gladiators in the Roman Colosseum. Never again in the great stadium did men kill each other for the entertainment of the crowd, all because of one tiny voice that could hardly be heard above the tumult. One voice, one life that spoke the truth in God's name. We are a people of courage. We are. Sometimes courage takes the form of boldness, of boldly talking in the face of great difficulty in unfriendly situations and circumstances. It takes courage to get up and to speak the truth to a crowd or a person that does not want to hear or care for it. It takes courage. It takes courage when our Lord and Savior, there dying on the cross, saying in one of his last words, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. But courage also for us as Christians takes other forms. Certainly there are those times to be bold, to be brave in front of great crowds. But there are other times when courage cause is needed for the sake of persevering through a troubled time or difficulty. Courage to know that 
the troubles of today will not last forever. Many of you may have in high school in your American English literature class read some of the work of an American author from the 1800s by the name of Paul Hamilton Hayne. I see a couple of nods, maybe. He was an American who lived from 1830 to 1886, Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, he worked for a newspaper as an editor, some, but he was a poet. He published a great deal of poetry and other things. He lived through and in the South through, was there during the heyday of the antebellum period. He was there during the great tragedy of the Civil War, and he lived a good part of his life in the Reconstruction era of the South, and his poetry kind of reflects that. But he wanted to help, and he wanted to, to share with folks about, you know, difficulty, be courageous, understand that these days will not go on forever. So he told this story one day, writing in the newspaper. He went back and he told this story that had been told long ago, almost legendary. And it was a story about a monarch in the East who had been plagued during his reign by many worries. He had been harassed on every side by distress and war and illness and just all sorts of things that any king would experience. It is said that he called together all of his wise men, and he said he asked them to give him a motto. He said something, a few magic words that would help him in time of trial or distress. He said it must be brief enough to be engraved on my ring. He said, and I want to be able to turn to it and to take comfort and courage from it. It must be a motto wise and true and endlessly enduring. In other words, for all times. Words by which a man could guide his life in every circumstance, no matter what happened. Looking at it. It's said that his wise men thought and thought and thought and talked. And finally, they came up with a brief motto. And they took it to their king. And they said to him, these were words for every char... I'm sorry. These are words for every change or chance of misfortune... Uh, declared the wise men, words to fit every situation, good and bad, words to eat the heart and mind in every circumstance. And the words they gave to the king to engrave on his ring were these words. This too shall pass away. 
this too shall pass away. In the great book of Job, Zophar tells Job, you will surely forget your troubles, your miseries, recalling it only as waters gone by. As Christians, we are a courageous people. We can see that these times are challenging and difficult, and we wonder to ourselves, will they ever go by? And as the king learned from his wise men, this too shall pass away. So it is with all things in life. Difficult times will not last forever, and neither do good times. They all pass away. Life does not last forever here in this world. We all know that. We have to be reminded of it from time to time. We were talking yesterday in our family. I was talking with my daughter, Callie, and talking about how Brody and how well he wore his mask. And he was just like, this is what you do. Because really, one third of his life has been like this. Think about that. One third of a little child's life has been like this. So, it takes courage sometimes not to do anything but to wait for a certain amount of time to pass by and not to be overcome by the circumstances that the time of trouble has brought. So courage, we are people of courage. We are called to be bold. We are called to be brave. We are called to be confident. We are called to be a people of resolve. Courage takes many forms. The Bible speaks of it in many different ways. Well, let me encourage you. Be strong. Be courageous. Pray for one another. Pray for yourselves. Ask God to give you the courage to make it through the time, be it today or tomorrow or the week or the month or ever how long these times of trouble will last. We can be strong and courageous because it is not just our own self that has to meet it, but we have within us the power of God in his Holy Spirit, who is there, just like he was there for Peter and Andrew, just like he was there as Joshua peered across the Jordan River into the Promised Land. 
He is there for us. My friends, let us be the people of courage. It is a strength given to us by God. Amen. This morning, if you would like to make an offering on your way out, the offering plate is in the back. And again, my heartfelt thanks to you all as you continue to be very generous and supporting of the congregation and the church. Let us pray. Oh, gracious God, help us this day. Help us to be the people that you have called us to be. Worthy of the name Christian, as we are followers of your son, Jesus Christ. People who are bold. People who are of great courage. Lord, accept the gifts we give you this day. Those things of our labor, our work, our investments, our time. And gracious God, we thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. It is in his name we pray this day. Amen. Well, let us stand and we'll affirm our faith this morning in the saying of the Apostles' Creed. You'll find it printed in your bulletin and then we will follow with hymn number 115. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he arose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The hymn is number uh, 115, God of Grace and God of Glory.
And now, my friends, as you head out this morning, I pray that you go in the grace and love of our Lord Jesus Christ, in the peace of God our Father, and in the power of the Holy Spirit. May these things be with you this day and forever. Amen.